Welcome to episode 234 of the Women of the Military podcast. This week my guest is Haley McLean. Haley served in the Air Force and today she is running Torch Warrior Wear. While serving on active duty, she was also able to work as a cheerleader for both the San Francisco 49ers and the Atlanta Falcons. She decided to leave the Air Force and start her new path after meeting her boyfriend and seeing opportunities for the future. I loved hearing about how she was able to set big goals while still serving in the military and all she has planned for the future. Before we get started, I want to share that you can now listen to Women of the Military on Wreaths Across America Radio on Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern and Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern. And you can listen on iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app, or Odyssey. And if you want to watch this episode with video, I'm excited to share that a handful of my guests over the coming weeks have chosen to also share their story with video. So make sure you head over to Women of the Military on YouTube and you can subscribe so you don't miss one of those episodes. They will also be streamed on LinkedIn and Facebook, but YouTube will be the best way because then you'll definitely get a notification. So I'm excited about this new opportunity. And now that I got to share that, let's get started with this week's interview. Welcome, Haley. I'm so excited to have you on the show today and to talk about your experience in the military. So welcome to the show. Hey, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So let's start with why did you decide to join the military? Good question to start off with. So my grandmother, 20 years Air Force, she um, has been one of my biggest just inspirations. And when I was preparing to go to college, my grandmother was like, how are we going to pay for this? You know, my family, everyone was like, how are you going to pay for this? And I was like, I don't really know. And my grandma was like, well, the military is an option, but you're not going enlisted and you're not going into any other branch other than the Air Force. So I said, okay, (laughs) sounds like a plan, a path forward. So we looked at the ROTC detachments and the Air Force Academy, applied to the Air Force Academy and got rejected. I actually got into their prep school, not the real school. And I was like, I'm never going to go five years in college. Like, absolutely not. And then I got into the art. I got a scholarship to ROTC at Penn State. Then I ended up doing five years of school there anyway. But yeah, so that's pretty much where where, uh, the Air Force came from. So you did five years anyways, but not at the academy at Penn State. And you got a scholarship, which is pretty exciting. Paid for school. (laughs) Exactly. It was clutch. Yes. So you're a little bit younger than I am. So what year was it when you went into college? 2013. That's like (laughs) when I got out of the military (laughs) and started having babies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I know. I know. I mean, I'm 28. So, I mean, I I guess I could be having kids now and stuff, but... Yeah, 2013. <laughs> so what was that experience like going through ROTC? It's I know now it's changed a lot. I'm sure that there were differences uh, in 2013 compared to when I went through in like 2003. Well, probably not a whole lot has changed. I feel like in ROTC, it was, you know, two times a week. We had lead lab. We had PT. We had um, another extra class that we had to go to just in general studies. And 
then we did our field training in between our our sophomore year and junior year. And it was like two weeks where we went down to Maxwell Air Force Base and had our in-garrison section of our field training. And then you went to Alabama Joint Base Shelby and did your like in the field type of training. And then you either made it or you didn't. And then you became a POC and then you, yeah. So is that kind of similar to how it was for you guys? Yeah, similar. It's just that field training was 28 days instead of two weeks. So it was like twice as long. (laughs) <laughs> and I know 28 days isn't very long, but it's like, it's really long compared. Yeah. Today, it's yep. still like around 14 days. And I'm like, that's so much shorter <laughs> than what I had. To... And they had an extended one that was six weeks. So yeah, it's kind of oh crazy. My God. That, yeah, that's like no, the main change that I've noticed. Yeah. The length but yeah, of time. We... And you know what? Now that I think about it, I don't, I think it was more closer to, it was like two and a half weeks. It was like, it was still a little bit longer than what the kids do now. It was like two and a half weeks not yeah not 28 days but it was around there yeah yeah i mean technically it was 30 days because they didn't count day zero and day 29 but yeah (laughs) but (laughs) But who was counting who was counting counting? no not me i didn't want to go home oh yes i did so yeah (laughs) i just thought it was funny which is i was talking to someone and they were like two weeks and i was like 14 days i could have done that easy right Exactly. Exactly. I think that is interesting how much that part has changed, but that everything else is pretty much exactly the same, which is kind of funny. It is. It is. It's such a great program, though, and it really allows you to like have that balance. And I was a math major, so any extra time I had like to really focus on my studies and you know be able to get through that, I needed. You know, I just feel like the Air Force Academy for me, it would have been. I think because I didn't do JROTC or because I didn't grow up wanting, like, I didn't grow up thinking I wanted to be like a pilot or anything like that. It was just like, okay, this was a perfect, ROT was perfect for me. It was just enough ROTC, just enough regular. It was good. I know someone was asking me about joining the military. I was like, well, it was kind of like a four year long process. It's not like I joined and then was active duty. It was, you know, four years of ROTC and my boot camp was in the middle of it. And it was like a long drawn out process so like by the time I finally joined I felt like I'd been in already even though I just started my career yeah exactly which I'm beginning to realize is very smart of the military to do that though because it makes you feel so a part of it by the time you get into it and you earn something when you earn something you're scared to lose it and like it just kind of comes with all of those things so I'm like hey it's pretty smart they do know what they're doing so after you graduated from college, you commissioned, and how quickly did you go active duty? I know sometimes it can be like a few days, and sometimes it can be months before you go active duty. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Mine was a couple of days. It was, I literally drove down to Atlanta. I was chosen for the Gold Bar Recruiting Program. So it's like a one-year assignment, and I got to go to Atlanta. I actually had the, I was like, choosing between Miami, Atlanta, and I think Nashville. And they were like, you are not going to Miami. You do not know how to speak fluent Spanish. So you can go to Atlanta. (laughs) And I was like, that makes sense. You know, again, they know what they're doing. They know what's going to work with recruiting and stuff. So I, I think I graduated like the 15th of May and started driving down the 18th and was down there, had my apartment. I had a friend who knew a friend from Penn state. I got my spot. And then I, and then I started, um, professionally cheering like 
a week after that. And it kind of just worked out perfectly that I was just down there. So it was quick. I was getting paid very quick, which was nice. And you mentioned that you were a cheerleader for the NFL. So how did that work that you were act- you were active duty and doing that at the same time? Did you ever sleep? I'm you know no no it was um it was really doable and I I always tell people I had a very special circumstance because the gold bar recruiting program I was remotely located so I wasn't I was attached to a base that was like it was Robbins Air Force Base which is like 40 to an hour out of the city but my office was at Georgia Tech so I would literally go to practice which was right down the street from Georgia Tech and where I lived at night from like six to eight or six to nine or something like that. As a recruiter, your events are during the day and there's really nothing on the weekends because you're recruiting kids and students. So the schedule worked out so nicely that my evenings and my weekends were were free. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. And the practice schedule worked out and the games are on Sundays. So I was like, oh, this is pretty easy actually. That's so cool. That's so exciting that you were able to do both things. I think sometimes when people think about joining the military, they think like, I can only do like this one thing, but there is a way, I mean, it doesn't always work, but sometimes it does work. And, you know, I mean, you were working a lot and you had to put a lot of effort into it, but you were able to make it work for you. So that's really cool. Exactly. Yes. And my leadership was super understanding. And I think if everybody's on the same page and everyone's like, okay, as long as you put, you're putting hundred percent into this, you're hundred percent into this, then if you can do it, heck yeah, go for it. And Honestly, it helps with recruiting efforts anyway. So put yourself out there. I'm like, yeah, hey, it's smart. It's just being openly openly communicating with your leadership and everybody around you and going for it. Yeah, so what was that year like? I mean, you're brand new to the military. You're working two jobs. I mean, your weekends were busy. Your life was busy. What was that whole experience like? You know, Amanda, I will share I feel like since I was like three years old, my mom and my like my parents always had me involved in a million different things at once. So it was like, okay, you know, you're going to school and then you have your after school activities and then you come back and you do your homework all night. And then it's just like, it's like constantly just like a machine at that point. So by the time I got to, you know, college, I was so conditioned to like doing three things at once that when I, if I wasn't, maybe it's not very healthy, but if I wasn't doing three things, I was like, oh my gosh, like I have so much free time. So when I commissioned and school wasn't really a thing anymore, I was definitely feeling like, man, like I have so much extra time. So I I really put my time and energy into like traveling as much as I could in the, in the area. But when I got out, I was again, just thankful enough to be able to join a team of women, which I always tell women who are joining the military, like find a community. Cause you're just getting out of the ROTC. You have this community, you have college. So I had a built-in group of 30 women already who knew the area, who were super go-getters. And so I never felt too lonely and I never felt like, I didn't have something that I could do or reach out to somebody. So I just made sure to take the time to put myself out there, meet new people. And then with my career, it was so much fun. I had so much fun finding the conferences and reaching out to the kids and doing speaking events and telling them about the Air Force. It was like just a perfect marriage of my strengths and my weaknesses where I could really give back to, you know, I had just a great job. And then I also was just surrounded by great people. So that's what I just tell people who are about to get in your first year is a little like, it's a little crazy, but you just have to find the right people and preoccupy yourself with the right things. 
I think that's really great advice, especially for when you're first joining the military. And especially I liked about talking about women and like getting involved with other women. I didn't realize the value of women until I left the military and started getting involved in women veteran organizations and realizing like there's this power about being with other women and getting to hear their stories, be encouraged by them and just have that support network that was really missing from my time in the military where I didn't have those women. And even when I left the military, I didn't really have those either. Yes. And they're kind of hard to find sometimes though, you know, it's like we're hiding. We're all like thinking that, you know, it's like everyone's too busy, but really that has been a saving grace to me. Actively seeking out women focus groups who are, but you have to find these women who are driven and focused, not just the ones that want to go out with you all the time and drink or whatever. It's like you want to find these girls who have these goals and who can talk to you honestly about what's going on. And it is necessary. It is necessary to keep a sane mind. Yeah. And there are like great women veteran organizations and they're open to women on active duty. So like Women Veteran Alliance, Women Veteran Interactive, they have conferences every year. So like there is a way to start. I feel like getting connected with the veteran community before you're a veteran is like a really smart idea because you can start your transition process before you even get out and you you're just more plugged in and ready to go. So if you're listening and wanting to learn about how do I connect with women? That's something I would really recommend. I agree. And I was just at the Officer Women's Leadership Symposium in DC. I just got back. And it's so funny because they had two days. The first day was like career transition and like anybody who wanted to get out. And then the second day was like all about making the most out of your career. And so a couple of the girls, a couple of the cadets did the both days and they were like oh like the first day didn't really apply to me like transitioning out or whatever and I was like no I was like this is the time to start I know you're still cadets like I know you're still whatever but like this is the time to start knowing that your resources because the day is gonna come one day and the more that you can know and the more that you can be tapped in now like you're gonna be just a seamless transition when you get on it's like it's gonna come even if it even girls who are in who are now are like I have three more years. I, it's like that flies by so quickly. If I was thinking about this when I was in ROTC, I just feel like I would be light years ahead and like being able to plan. It's just it's just so important to start planning now. Yeah, I really agree with that. Like you should start preparing for your transition, you know, right when you start joining before you're even in because you also don't know like what life's going to throw at you. You might think you have like three more years and then a medical thing or you know, family situation. So being prepared for transition is so important. 100% agree. Can't agree more. So you were there for a year and then you moved to a new assignment. Is that correct? Yes. They moved me to Beale Air Force Base in Northern California. You were still able to cheer there too, right? Or how did that, that happen eventually? I know that's in your story. (laughs) Yes, yes, it did happen eventually. Um, when I moved, it was 2020. And it was right before COVID hit. And I actually was going to go try out for an NBA team because I was like, Oh, I try NFL, I would love to try NBA. And it was closer to my base too, because um, I was living in Sacramento. And then they ended up announcing like a new team. They developed a new team where they're getting rid of the dancers. They're going to do more of like a hype squad or something like that. And I was like, oh, like, I don't really know if I want to just like throw t-shirts around. I was like, I think I want to do like more dance focused again. So 
right when I was thinking of transitioning back to the NFL, COVID hit and they weren't doing tryouts. And so it was just like, okay, I'm just here. And that's when I just kind of, again, like that kind of time, it was very interesting. I was I was at home a lot. I was working from home a lot and I was a force support officer. I had actually just gotten back from training. So I was very new at my job, new in my career. So everyone thought I was like a first lieutenant coming in with all this experience, but I really had no experience. I had just got out of training and they threw me into a maintenance squadron. So I was there with 300 people who were like, you're the section commander. And then COVID hit and it was just like no experience everything, everything was going crazy. And I was just pretty overwhelmed. And I was like, I, I just do not know what I'm doing. And then of course, with COVID hitting, not being able to kind of have that support from your family, your friends is normal. Like it was just, it was a little overwhelming and tw- end of 2021 or whatever, it, leading into 2022, they decided to open up tryouts for the 49ers. And I was like, I felt myself just feeling a little down. Like I was just like, everything's been overwhelming work and moving and not being around family. And I was like, I need to join another group of women who I know are going to uplift me and bring me positive life experiences. And so I was like, I need to just, I need to go for it. So tried out for the 49ers and made that team, which was, it saved my heart and my soul. I felt like Haley was coming back. Like I was like back to life. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it's just so powerful to hear your story because I I mean, I was looking at your LinkedIn profile before the interview and I'm like, how did she do this? Like, was she on active duty? I'm so confused. And it's really cool to hear like how something that filled you up and was a priority, you know, dance had been part of your life and then being around other women and you were like, I'm going to find a way to make this happen. And I mean, there were challenges in there along the way, especially like with COVID and like moving in and then seeing your rank and you're like, no, I'm really brand new. I don't know what I'm doing. And having that challenge too. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I think also when I was going through just the whole experience of cheering and like trying to balance all of it, I was really just grateful and thankful that the teams that I chose were so understanding to like every team, like people see like NFL cheerleading, they're like, Oh my gosh, it must be crazy. You think of like the Cowboys and like all these teams where it's intense and their schedules are crazy. And it's amazing. But like wherever stationed, each team was very understanding of every woman had their own career on the outside of cheer. So they were very flexible. So even with the, I wouldn't have been able to cheer for the Falcons if they had this, I was so the 49ers had a schedule where you only practice on Saturdays. So it worked out perfectly because if it was at night, I wouldn't have been able to travel into the Bay Area because you know, traffic and everything, it just wouldn't have worked. So they made a schedule where it was like we practice on Saturdays. And I was like, not a lot of teams do that though. So that's why ever whenever I tell girls who want to become NFL cheerleaders and who are in the military, because there are a lot of dancers at the academies or in RGC who are in, you know, in the military, and I'm like, you can do it, but you have to choose the right team who's willing to work with you and who has the right schedule. I was really lucky, honestly. It's really cool to hear about, like, how the 49er team worked with the women who are cheer, like, so that they could have a profession and then, you know, and then come on the weekends, especially, like, with traffic in San Francisco. It makes so much sense that they're like, we'll just do it all on Saturday and, like, your whole weekend is all going to be football. But that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, they're super smart. It's an incredible organization. Yeah, that's really cool. I am learning so much about things that I had no idea. 
It's the whole world, Amanda. I know everyone has these assumptions. It's like, oh, you must, you know, crazy practice all this stuff. It's like, no, they expect us to come in as professionals, know our stuff, practice, get in, and then show up on game day and get it done. So it's, it's kind of cool. It's a level of um, trust that they have with us. Yeah, and that gives you the flexibility to be able to, like, live your life and still do something that you really love and are passionate about. So that's really cool. Exactly. Love it. And the Air Force was so flexible with it, too, you know? So it was just – and my career, too. I was a force support officer. I know other careers are a lot more demanding, intel, whatever, with, like, night schedules or weekend schedules, stuff like that. So my career worked really great for me. That's what I tell girls who are looking to go in the military, too. It's like you can choose a career that's going to be a little bit more flexible with you or more 9 to 5 or something like that. Yeah, that's really important to think about when you're joining the military, because I think sometimes the recruiter, when I was, like, going through, was like, you do this job, this job, and, like, I didn't ask any questions about, like, what does it entail? What's my work-life balance? Will I deploy all the time? Those are, like, good questions to ask, because, yeah, something like force support gives you the more the nine-to-five, because you're doing, like, paperwork and personnelist-type information, and then, you know, something like maintenance, you're working, you know, around the clock trying to get those planes out onto the runway and you don't have that stability. Exactly. No, my gosh, the careers, I mean, they range so much. Like, and I remember I originally wanted to be a public affairs officer because I was like, oh, I love to talk to people. This will be so much fun. But then when I thought about it and I remember I was talking with my grandma, she was like, do you know they call you at any hour if anything ever happens on base? Like, you're the person to go and talk to the news about this. Like, you're going to, you know, it's like, I'm like, dang, like, I didn't think about it that way. So it is something to think about and to plan around. Hey, if you like, if you want your job to be, you know, something that's a little bit more intense, like, then definitely look at those careers. But if you're like, I need something a little bit more balanced, like, just to kind of check these other careers out and just to be more aware. So it worked out for me, but public affairs probably would have been fun for me, but I wouldn't have been able to cheer maybe because my weekends would have been reporting on the game or something like that instead of cheering at the game. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely important to look at. There's more than just like what the job entails. There's like the work life balance all around it. And there are some jobs in the military ask a lot more than other jobs. And especially like depending on the deployments and like how often people are deploying, that plays a role, too. Exactly. And of course, I know we're talking Air Force, but like every branch is so different too. Yeah, that's another thing. Look at what branch you're joining, what their ops tempo is like and um, and how supportive like some branches aren't as supportive of their members doing things that are outside of like the traditional. And it sounds like you had great leadership that was really supportive and that makes a big difference, too. It really does. It does. They were like, hey, they're probably all football fans. That's probably what it was. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, can't you get us tickets? <laughs> I'll just flip these on here. <laughs> so after your time at Bill, did you decide to get out of the military or what happened after that? Yeah, I never really came into the service thinking, you know, I was thinking like everybody, as long as I'm having fun, I will stay in. If I'm traveling, I'm a big, I love to travel. And I was thinking after this assignment at Beale, I was like, oh, I hope I go overseas or in Hawaii or somebody or something like that. I really wanted to travel. Um, I was thankful that the Air Force moved to Cali. So that was cool. I've never lived in Cali before or whatever. But when I met my boyfriend, and again, this is something with a lot of women too, the family thing, right? It's like when I met my boyfriend, I, I just was kind of like, you know, I kind of want to stay in California. And and then things just started to kind of evolve with my business and 
with kind of the opportunities, opportunities I saw outside of the Air Force. And I was like, you know, I think I want to get out. I was like, I think I want to get out. And, and again, this is something where I wish I had thought about, of course, like, you don't have to be so rigid in your thinking, like, of course, be fluid and whatever happens. But I wish I did kind of start thinking, like, what are my options if I did want to get out in four after my contract? And just giving myself this kind of like, you know, branch of things like if I stay in, if I get out, like what are my options just to start thinking about them. And so when I knew I wanted to get out, I started doing my research. I looked into SkillBridge, that program, the six month transition program, which was incredible. I got to do it with Sports Illustrated and help develop their cheerleading program. Oh, it was so cool. I was like, this is awesome. And so I did the boots to business class to get out as well. And that's when I learned more about the the veterans groups or the veterans resources for business and all of these different things. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, look at all these things that they have for us. And one thing about me, look, I'm not the smartest girl. I'm really not. I am really like, I was a math major, but I worked my butt off for that degree. What I'm really smart at is being resourceful. And what the military does is give you a crap ton of resources. And sometimes it's hard to navigate all of them. But if you can sit down and kind of sift through the things that work for you and what don't work for you, there's so many resources out there. So I said, okay, I had the resources. I know I want to get out. I'll have a support system. It's time for me to pull the trigger. And I pulled the trigger and actually started SkillBridge in December of And so then I had six months and then I just got out in June, just got out almost a year ago now. Wow, that's crazy to hear about like how that transition happened and that it wasn't really something on your radar. And then as you got closer and realized like your family life and, you know, your relationship and where you wanted to be and and then you learned about like SkillBridge. I recently learned about SkillBridge and I was like, this is a great program for veterans where you can work with industry uh, the last six months of your time in the military and get that hands-on experience that, I mean, and now you're an entrepreneur and you were able to take some of the things that you learn and boots to business and all those resources. So you, you found them, even if you weren't tracking them, you found them. Yes, I did. And it's definitely been a transition regardless though right like doing skill bridge was amazing but I also think I'm some things are just hitting me now like a year out it's so interesting because I think I did a, a podcast with um it's called the transition podcast with Mike Stedman and he was telling me we did a we did a podcast when I first got out or it was like when I first started skill bridge and he's like it usually takes I think the statistic was like 13 to 18 months to like really feel fully transitioned out of the military. And I was like, Oh, no way. Like I'm excited. I'm in civilian clothes every day. I'm totally out, you know, like whatever. But now, now that I'm like about to hit the year mark, I'm like, wow. Like just the realizations of everything just kind of come out. You're like, I'm really done. Like, and now like whenever I see the military things now, I'm like, I warm back up to it. I'm like, Oh, hi people. You know, like, cause at first you're like clean cut, I'm done. I'm over it. But then then you're like, wow, like you just can look back with such appreciation for everything that it's done for you, you know, and you're just like, that was the best decision of my life to go into the Air Force, like 100%. And so now I just look back and I'm like, wow, I'm like really thankful for all the highs, all the lows, all the experiences and everything that's given me so I can be a successful entrepreneur now, because without that experience, there's no way I could have done all this stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like, 
it takes and for me i obviously heard the statistic of three to five years because for me it took like a long time to transition out of the military and to like make that adjustment and i feel like for me i'm a military spouse so i'm still transitioning even though it's been 10 years i'm kind of at like a pause and i know we'll have another transition in a few years when my husband gets out of the military but it does take a long time and like you feel like oh yeah i'm in civilian clothes i'm doing something different but there's a lot to the military that you know affects your life and you don't realize once it's gone you're like oh Another thing the military took care of that I didn't realize was something I would have to worry about. Exactly, exactly. And then you, you know, and that's why I tell the girls, I'm like, and then a lot of girls ask me now, oh, like, I want to get out, I want to transition out or whatever. And now I can kind of like, from a different perspective, be like, yes, like, okay, I feel that energy, but how are we going to go about this the most efficient and healthy and safe way for you as an individual like do not think of just me like what I was dealing with what I was you know what I was doing is completely different from what maybe you're going to be doing so it's so individual and you just have to and the older I get to and you say I'm 10 years younger than but I feel old I feel old Amanda um I I feel like now I don't make as many gut decisions because it's like, you know, those days when you're in the military, you're like, oh, I just want to be out of here, you know, or whatever. But you really start thinking in your, you know, your late 20s and early 30s. Like you're just kind of like, okay, how do I, you start making like pause, you're like, okay, let me pause for a second. Let me sit with my emotion and then really register it. So I just tell, tell girls all the time now, I'm like, you might think right now you want to get out in four. You might think right now you want to get out next week, but let's really plan this out and not be emotional about this decision. Let's be smart about this decision. Yeah, that's really true. Yeah, when I joined the military, I didn't put a lot of thought into it. Like, someone said, you should be a civil engineer. I was like, okay. And, like, I didn't really think about it. And, like, when I got out of the military, I made a list and, like, pros and cons and, like, started planning for the future and trying to figure it out. And and I was in my late 20s when all that happened. So that makes a lot of sense. You know, there's a big difference between being, like, 18 and 28. And you you hopefully are growing and learning. And I think that's really true. Like, when we are young, we just rely on our gut, which I don't think is a bad thing when you're 18. Like sometimes you just have to go with your gut. But as you get older, you you have more wisdom and more time to reflect. Yes. And more responsibilities. And you want nicer things. So you're like, hold up. Let me just <laughs> that is true. That is true. So we've touched on your business a few times, but you haven't actually told us what it is. So can you talk a little bit about what you're doing today and why you're so passionate about it? Of course. So my baby is Torch Warrior Wear. We are the first clothing brand dedicated specifically and exclusively to military women. Our first product is the Fearless Bodysuit. So we have innovate, we have innovative created a bodysuit that you can wear in uniform instead of the t-shirts. I I've been going to these conferences all, you know, all year. This Q1 was just conference heavy and I've been meeting just boots on the ground, meeting, meeting with my ideal customer. And it's just so funny how many times everyone's like, I can't stand this t-shirt. It's so annoyed. <laughs> it's scratchy. It doesn't fit. It's either too big. It's too small, whatever. And I just remember feeling that. And so that's kind of where I came up with the idea. I was just like, I want to feel more comfortable, which equates to being more confident. And that's just really why I'm so passionate about it. Because as women, look good, feel good is a real thing. When we get our hair done, when we get that extra, our nails done, when we put that outfit on that just hits right, our mindset just 
elevates. And I just really want us to feel that in our everyday uniform because 80% of the time we are wearing our uniform. So why do we have to always wait for that 20% of the time to dress up or whatever? It's like, let's be able to create something that we can feel authentic, beautiful, and confident in uniform. And so it has just been such a beautiful experience. And it's, um, it's just incredible to be able to give back in this way. Yeah, that's really exciting. And thinking about my t-shirts, I was like, yeah, they didn't ever fit quite right. And I didn't ever feel beautiful in uniform. I always waited until like, you know, and now they can wear braids and ponytails. And like, that was definitely not an option when I was in the military. And so I think that's really cool that you're like taking something you're super passionate and helping women to feel beautiful all the time because you do spend most of your time in uniform and you don't want to feel like you're not beautiful just because you're in a uniform. Exactly. Snaps to that. You hit it. You said it perfectly. That's so awesome. Well, is there anything from your time in the military or from your transition that we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to cover before I ask my last question? I think the only other thing that we can probably cover is just, you know, women learning again, this, this concept of setting your goals and not being ashamed to, you know, go after your dreams and your goals, even when you are in the military. Um, I just think this balance of taking care of the woman and taking care of the woman in uniform. I just think it's just um, a balance that it's difficult at times, but it's so important to prioritize it. So I think my best advice would be to set goals that excite you outside of work, obviously be goal oriented and be smart and, you know, in your career, but find these personal goals that just kind of fuel your fire and just never know what could happen. And just to be prepared for any, any opportunity and to know that you're capable of so much because of the incredible training that you have been given from the military. You are so capable of literally anything you can get through that. You can get through anything. Yeah, I've been seeing some of the, like, next generation of military women, like, not only just be service women, but also, like, have a business, have a YouTube channel, like, do, and I'm like, I really should have done more when I was on active duty, like, not just, you know, been in the military, and I always had wanted to write, and I wish I would have spent more time writing and starting that career earlier, but, you know, live and learn, but I think it's really cool to watch that people are doing that today, and that they're able to do more than just serve in the military and use the internet because the internet is such a big powerful tool that allows you to do more than you even if you have like a demanding schedule the internet gives you more opportunities and there's no limit on what you can do there's no limit and I think the other thing that goes along with that is how it can connect you to so many amazing people do not stick in your little bubble of like your base or even your branch. Like there are so many military women out there that I wish I connected with when I was in ROTC. Like I literally had Navy ROTC cadets right above the floor above me in our ROTC building and stuff, but I never even thought about connecting with those people. I'm like, Navy, no, no, no. But it's like the more, I think that's the biggest thing. Use this as a networking opportunity. Meet as many people as you possibly can, whether that's on LinkedIn, whether that's at events, whether that's at conferences, Use this military thing to build an incredible group of people around you. And for women specifically, meet other women in the service and do amazing things together and support each other. 
that's just the biggest thing. Yeah, I was at JWS, which I think I think that's where we like first connected. And yeah. one of the women in the military was like, well, we're like all mixed together and I just want to be with my branch. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like veterans don't think that way. But it's funny because when you're in, you do get this like, oh, I need to be around people in the Navy or I need to be. But when you get out of the military, that's when people are, you know, more focused on veteran status. And so... I think that's really important to remember, like, just because you're in a different branch, you can talk to each other, you can be friends, you can learn from each other, you can work together. That's something that changes once you get out. It is. It is so true. And it's so great. And it's so great to have that camaraderie with your people. You're like, Air Force, Air Force. Obviously, there's that initial, like, you know, you know, I got your back, like, no matter what. But it's cool to be like, oh, you're Navy? Like, very cool. Like, everyone kind of sticks together. It's it's funny. I'll share one story because... I just did the um, veteran shark tank competition um, in Philadelphia. And this is just a, a testimony. We're all going to make fun of each other and we're all going to, it's always going to be a thing. And like that sisterly brotherly love between branches. But I was the only air force business that presented. It was like majority army, Navy, and one Marine. And when I won, of course, everyone's like, oh, of course, air force won. You know, like, it's just, it's just funny how, you know, we all still kind of, just make fun of each other. But at the end of the day, just love and support each other because we're family. Like when you get out into the real world, it's like no one else has that instant connection. You have that instant connection with, or that understanding with. So it's just, it's funny. It's, it's, that's just my favorite story to tell. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh. I'm like so proud of my branch though. I'm like, I'm representing the air force. But of course I'm just like, you know, it's just, it's, it's good. Yeah, we still pick on each other. That's what we're supposed to do. So I always like to end the interview with what advice would you give to the next generation of women considering military service? Use this opportunity to build your personal brand and soak in as much knowledge as you possibly can about this incredible organization that you have the opportunity to be a part of because you are the 1% to even be able to say or put that on your resume or even to put, put that on your LinkedIn and just to have that, learn how to harness that energy and that just that the power that comes from being able to, to say that you are a part of that organization. So harness it and crush it and do amazing things. I love it. Thank you so much for your time, for sharing about the work that you're doing and all the advice that you've given. It's been really fun to get to know you a little bit better. And I'm just so glad that we're connected. Me too, Amanda. Thank you. We'll have to go to the beach sometime soon again. For sure.